Hey, John. Hi, Merlin. How's it going? <clears throat> Pretty good. Yep. I got that keyboard that you suggested. Hmm. It arrived in the mail. It is. I, you didn't tell me it was solar powered. See, I, I knew you wouldn't get it. I'm so psyched, though. Yeah. I mean, I thought, like, you're absolutely right. If you had said, it's solar-powered Bluetooth keyboard, I would have hung up the phone immediately. <laughs> like, Okay, imagine if I had said to you, oh, my God, John, you're hungry? You should try these chips. They are so freaking good. <laughs> hang up already. I no would way. hang up no, already. I, go, like, okay, I know, I know these, what's coming. <laughs> these chips, they're so good. <laughs> and then I would say, and they're vegan. They're, ri- they're, they're puffed rice. <laughs> And and rolled oat, uh, steel cut rolled oat puff. <laughs> Hate rice. crime. Oats have family <laughs> that are that are uh, seasoned with olive salt. I would have been, I would I wouldn't have even been listening. I would have been gone and recovered oil. But this keyboard is beautiful. It's just that I I haven't um, I haven't yet synced it with any of my devices mm-hmm. because I want to save that moment. You're gonna like it. The little uh, blue lights light up. It's it's pretty exciting. I like all the I like everything about it, but I don't want to I don't want to rush into anything with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm still sitting at my computer with no operative keyboard. That was insensitive of me to uh, send you our weekly boop because I, I knew I should have known that it wasn't ready. But I'm very I'm very happy to know that it arrived. I think yeah. things, things will get better. Yeah, you you booped me, and I uh, but I knew that it was I knew you didn't expect a uh, a reboop. Yeah. Mm. Well, I would like to think that that is a tentpole of our relationship. Is we don't boops. always expect a boop. Yeah, right. You send out a boop, maybe you get a boop back, maybe you don't. Do you feel that way, really? I mean, I think with us, I hope that's the way it is, but don't you sometimes worry about not getting a boop from someone? Well, here's the funny thing. Sometimes I go weeks and weeks and weeks, I don't need a boop from anybody. And then other times, all of a sudden, I send a boop out, I don't get a boop back in in five or six minutes, and then I'm literally up a tree. I ha- <laughs> have to go climb a tree... <laughs> And, and and I'm up there pulling my hair out about like where's my, my where's the boot back, right? And uh, and I do, and I I honestly don't understand how 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 one person can fluctuate from so uh, so autonomous and and self contained to so needy in, in such a short amount of time. And a lot of times the boot the boot that I want isn't really the boop I want. It's just some random boop. I send a thing out and I don't get a reply and I'm like, Oh no, it's not, that's not even the, that's not even the big boop, you know? Well, and there, there are probably days like when you're busy, you're traveling, you're on the road, you got stuff going on and you get way too many boops and you go, Ugh, so many boops, right? Well, and that's the thing. If you live in a world where you're not, you're not Johnny on the spot with the boops, how can you then be upset Mm-hmm. When some, you know, somebody else is probably juggling three jobs or, you know, or peeling avocados or whatever it is that people do. And, uh, and they don't have time to just be like looking at their phone all day. I literally but, spent five hours talking about this today. You did? Mm-hmm. Oh, this was your, your buzznatch meeting. My buzz, my buzz witch. Yeah. <laughs> you had a buzz, you had a meeting with some buzz witches. I can't help people, John. I keep thinking I can help people. Did they I- want you to be on their board? Are you on their board? I think that was, hmm. I think it was certainly something that would have been under consideration if I if I weren't such a horrible little contradictory man. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see? You've seen Pulp Fiction. You've seen Pulp Fiction. 
Pulp Fiction. Well, Harvey, they call in Harvey Keitel, the wolf, yeah. to come the in fix- and clean out the car after mm-hmm. they accidentally blow the kid's head. No, it's no spoiler. So they blow the kid's head off in the back of that cool car. <laughs> he shows up in a, yeah, that was a. And John Travolta yeah. is waiting he for the boot. shows up in an NSX. That's oh, a sweet car, and then and then uh, so so let's be honest. In that in that situation, John Travolta is looking for the boop because he is waiting, right, for the Harvey Keitel's wolf to be deferential to him and to treat him with respect. Right, and I don't I can't quote it from memory, but it's something along the lines of "Listen, I talk fast, I drive fast, you know, and if it seems like I'm being curt with you, you know, it's because we have a job to do, and you know, the time is limited." And that's basically <laughs> me with everyone all the time. Yeah. And right. I, so I had to, I had, I, I said that today to the founder of a company. So you went in and, and they were like, what do you think about this? And they gave you some buzzwords and you were like, let me cut to the chase. They were super nice people. But I did at one point, I did this, I was clearly really frustrating this one guy with me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how I am. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm, I'm frustrating you, aren't I? <laughs> and, and he was just, he really wanted everything in bullets. And, and finally I was like, let me explain something to you. <laughs> If you expect me to come in here and just agree with all of the reasons why your product is good the way it is, you're wasting your money. Right. I am here. You gave them the Merlin Man verbal scimitar. I <laughs> I gave them, I, I, I read them a 1,500-word riot act. But it, it was all great. But, you know, honestly, John, it's like I, I, you help so many people. I see it every day. I see people saying how much you help them, and I'm really envious. Hmm. I am. I mean, you are helping people uh, in this great land of ours and uh, in other lands, other lesser lands. Sure. They're all necessarily lesser lands. You are helping people all around the world, Merlin. Uh, You know, I was, I I, I did this uh, keynote speech with my uh, good friend, Kathleen Edwards of Canada. I love her. Uh, uh, A, 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 a wonderful nation. I she's, wouldn't she's so talented, well, especially for somebody from that country. God love them. But yeah, boy, is that lady got right. her, With that all lady, the handicaps that she came into this world she, with. Oh, the, it's not even a disability. The, the red hair. The, they got the one Canadian wheel on the chair. Person. Yeah. But so we, and Kathleen is very, she's a very Merlin man-like uh, uh, person when it comes. Lady's, lady's got a mouth on her. I'll say that. She does. She does. <laughs> she's a, uh, she, she works blue. And she, we're, so we, we're sitting bef- right before we uh, go on, on stage. And um, the people that are putting on the event, they usher these two very nice people over and they sit down at our table where we were, you know, where we were like prepping for our presentation. And the people who are putting on this presentation say, we'd like you to meet these two people. They're really excited to meet you. They are from Rhapsody. (laughs) And the Rhapsody people said to us, this is a a golden opportunity. We really want to work with artists like you. We want to provide, we want to provide really like heightened content hmm. to our, to our listeners. We want you to socially network with, with people who are fans of yours on Rhapsody. And Kathleen said, she really put her hand down on the table and said, let me stop you there. Why would I socially network with my fans through your website? Answer. And they both went, good question. <laughs> well, we really think that there's an opportunity for you to meet people online. And she said, hang on just a second. And she sat there right in front of them and tweeted, any, any <laughs> one of my fans use Rhapsody? <laughs> 
And <laughs> she within, didn't even use their platform, John. Within 30 <laughs> seconds, she had 25 replies. All of them, nope. And like two of them were like, nope, nobody does. And so she was like, so anyway. Anything else? <laughs> and they were like, they were pretty flabbergasted because they had a whole pitch. And she just scimitared them. I didn't, I was eating a chicken sandwich. I didn't even, I didn't even like. <laughs> you weren't, you weren't called upon. <laughs> no, I was eating the sandwich and taking a, taking a drink of milk and nobody asked me. I just sat there with my eyes twinkling. Uh, but, but yeah, you and she should go into business together. I should never be in any business, but I- <laughs> the opposite of corporate raiders, corporate, <laughs> corporate make criers. You just go around and you make corporations cry. Hang on a minute. You're telling me there might be a role for people <laughs> who speak way more truth to power than they've uh-huh. ever heard. Uh-huh. And we not only disrupt the conversations that they're used to, the empty fucking buzzword laden conversations that they're used to having with other people who think that's acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we say true things to them in, in a way that they're not used to and then they cry. Yeah. I, I think, think they need that, John. You need to I be on some boards. I think there's a job there. You know, I, I, I have all the confidence. See, here's the thing. I think if I walked into a boardroom and there was $16 million in $100 bills on the, on the boardroom table, that would give me pause. But I, I, I am fairly confident that you and Kathleen Edwards both could walk into a room with $16 million on the table. Now, this isn't, this isn't $16 million that it's been specified is intended for anything. It's just there. Okay. It's there as an intimidation tactic. They've just, they, and it's not stacked. They've just kind of piled it there in bundles like the World Series of Poker. Mm-hmm. And it's just there because they know you're coming in. They know you're the people that are there to make corporations cry. And this is, this is their way of like, they're trying to freak you out. They're trying to psych you out. It's a bully tactic. And I think I would walk into that room with my bathrobe and my scimitar and I would see that six million, $16 million and I would get a little distracted. But I think you and Kathleen could, you, you could both sit atop that money and still deliver the bad news and not even really notice the money was there. Oh, uh, we're in it for the, for the passion. It's all about the music with us. I think it's all about the music for you guys. Yeah, but you're also, you're, you're better with money. I mean, you really, you, you are, and I, let's be honest, this is all the more reason why we should probably team up, right? Hmm. You want something, hmm. well, you know, you got to have somebody with good knees to be the catcher, you know, and somebody, <laughs> a little short guy who's real quick to be the shortstop. So you and Kathleen go in and you just start hammering them and they're blown away because they're used to people freaking out about the money. And I'm behind, right. I'm coming in behind, and I'm scooping the money into a Trader Joe's shopping bag. <laughs> it's like bad cop, worse cop, man in bathrobe. <laughs> I, brought, the... <laughs> I brought all my Trader Joe's shopping bags, go back 15 years, every logo, and I'm just sweeping the money in there, and they're not even noticing because they're so upset. Well, their their blood is so uh, their blood is so thin, and their bones are so thin, and they're they're so they're so wrecked from making texts. I like this. I think this is a great business model. I think it is. And you know, if I could find a way to get paid for what I'm actually good at, I think I would be very successful. The problem is that historically I have been paid for stuff that I am not particularly good at. And I've been lucky sometimes, but it's uh, eh, it doesn't matter. Well, but not it, to blow too much smoke, but Merlin, I think that even the things that you consider yourself not very good at, you are way better at than most people who are doing that job. 
That's why you get paid to do those things. Th- thank you. But, but also it's the same, pro- same challenge, the same gift, let's say, that you've got, which is that – and we, again, we talked we are, about this. We are gifted men. We are extremely gifted. We're lucky men. We're middle-aged men who are lucky to be alive. We are lucky to be alive. Mm, everybody's people lucky. Our, people our age are dying of congestive heart failure all over America. See, right now I'm going to think about that. Okay, I'm sorry. I take a, but we talked about this a little bit, I think, when we did that uh, – that very important uh, first interview together in my backyard with the cat and the Chinese mm-hmm. people playing basketball. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really, I really believe that one of the things that makes you uh, such an interesting uh, person is, is your, um, it seems like you have a, a, a biological source of pain when you're expected to play along with BS, especially when it affects you. Right. It seems like it's, it's, it's my, it's my duodenum. Really, du- I have a duodenum spasm. For me, it's my pyloric valve. Oh, right. It seals, right. Well, <laughs> it seals right shut. <laughs> Especially when you're dealing with minxes. <laughs> <laughs> Both the is wheel. It turns. But no, I mean, it's hard to talk about real things. But, but you know, it's, it, it's, I, 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 it's frustrating because I, I, I used to just think it was merely because I have bad impulse control. And the truth is I have bad impulse control. But it's mm. also that, like, it's just... It's like you imagine like like some somebody comes to your door and they're trying to sell you something mm-hmm. and then they keep talking to you and like the thing is you don't want what they're selling you don't want to be talking to them and you right. don't want them at your door but like you're the dick if if you say could you the only way to make them go away is to say I have no money and I will never have money that's really the only way or you shoot them <laughs> but now you got to deal with the body I don't know I mean, I, you're you're one of those guys and I and I I have known a few but but but, but a very few where you know the 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 insult of of complicity in modern life is this death by a thousand cuts. You know, everybody's standards are just whittled away over the course of time. And and the the first time you see Madonna's belly button on television, it's on the front. It's on the cover of Time magazine. What an affront it is to civilization. And you know, and as I have said before, now. There is surely somewhere right now in a club some pop star who is who is stretching her labia over someone's forehead <laughs> for a music video. And everybody's like, amazing! Amazing! How come Madonna didn't do that? How come nobody thought of that before? And it's, it's just that incrementally we have grown accustomed to vulgarity and to insult uh, to such a degree that most people are living in the, this kind of state of like of constant surrender and the, the the only fight they can muster is like that's not my brand of ice cream you know that's not my that's not my ch- that's not my favorite channel and i'm going to and i'm i'm going to mount a protest but there are a few people like you who have never accepted any of those incremental degradations and you are still fighting a fight way back upstream where you're, you're just, you are not accepting the basic premise that a lot of people are, are seasoning their food with, you know? Mm-hmm. And I have a few friends like this and some of them, and the problem is all you all end <laughs> Can up any feeling, of them pay their bills. <laughs> none of them do. Well, you know, one of them is working as a security guard. And the problem is that <laughs> at a certain point that starts to look like paranoia. Or you start to you start to seem like a like at you, least at least you you look at least like a crank, a crank bordering on 
a conspiracy theorist or bordering on, you know, it's, it's, it's only two, it's only two more doors down the hall before you're starting to talk about, uh, bio streaks in the sky or whatever whatever that shit is about <laughs> i saw i saw a billy corgan video where he's on stage somewhere talking about talking about the crop dusting are you <laughs> kidding me no you, you know what i'm talking about right the, no the, i don't i don't know about this what is it okay. blue streaks right. what are they okay. so there's a whole subset of the internet crank land that looks up in the sky and sees contrails from jets and the, arra- the arrangement of contrails in the sky is portentous to them. And ev- that, is, that is so not a thing. It's a thing. There's and no ev- way. Evidence. Just bear with me. Evidence hmm. that the, the government... And I'm not talking about no, no, no. You're not about, about the government. I'm not talking about the Obama Nazis. <laughs> I'm talking about the big government. The oh, big, you're talking about the talk about the real government. Talking about the real government. They are basically from a very high altitude crop dusting us with, uh, <laughs> like powdered sugar and LSD and birth control pills and. Some you know, and like, like, like monkey plans and Ted Nugent's g-string underwear, and I don't know what is is in these. What, what is what they're gassing us with? I have not, I have not been able to follow. Well, in, the in their in their theory of this, what 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 does that dusting accomplish for the government? <laughs> it is is it, it making us more pliant? Yes, it's another way in <sighs> which we are blind to the truth, which is that we are being. Chemically controlled and oh. otherwise controlled, um, so that so that uh, end goals like universal health care can be <laughs> can be forced down our throats, or worse, worse things like uh, the all-seeing eye on top of the pyramid. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. You know you when have- they when they hold your hundred dollar bill up to the light, they're just looking <laughs> for Obama. You found that crystal ball wrapped in that uh, piece of, of velvet that you're not supposed to touch. <laughs> Remember when the wizard said, don't look into the ball? Does this have to do with the tabernacle? <laughs> I don't know what's in the tabernacle, but I do know under Gestad, Switzerland, mm-hmm. there, is a, there is a mine shaft leading to a room. <laughs> Why does this Jews, all remind me of Dr. Strangelove? Where the Jews are eating Christian babies. Right, they make them into matzo bread. And they're no, but now they're grinding their bones and they're crop dusting us with them. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's what I heard. Well, it stands to reason. So anyway, if you if, if you, can, I, can I get back if, to Billy uh, uh, to Jimmy Corrigan? He, yeah. you're telling me he's up on stage and he's he's <laughs> the the the, the uh, power to which he speaks truth is the crop dusting government. That's right. He he's letting standing... people know those are not those are not merely just lines of moisture in the sky. Right. There's something bigger going on. He is standing on stage somewhere in a room full of people who believed that melancholy and the infinite sadness <laughs> of the of the uh, Ars Poetica of the what what was that what was that? Let's see when the when the pawn meets the queen <laughs> yeah. to the bishop six Fiona <laughs> apple. I don't know how that goes. Despite all my despite all his rage, still just 
Billy Those Corgan. Those people, which which I'm assuming now is like a, is like a, a 250 seat club somewhere on the outskirts <laughs> of St. Paul, and he's up on stage, you know, with a with a, a silver star on his long sleeve t shirt, and he's talking about these crop uh, these crop. I wish I knew. I wish I had a keyboard. I could figure out what these things are called because they have a name. Um, <clears throat> And, and the thing and like to look at, we're looking for uh, like uh, contrail crop on, conspiracy. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and 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 what's great about it is that as evidence, as proof of this, they have photos and photos, just volumes of photos of <laughs> of, of contrails <laughs> in the sky. It Check. makes makes tea leaves look pretty uh, pretty sophisticated. Yeah, because there's because there's some going this way, and then there's some going. Oh this way. Oh my god, John, this is real. <laughs> the the chemtrail conspiracy theory. Chemtrails, that's it. Chemtrails. Chem, chem, that's not moisture. The chemtrail conspiracy theory holds that some trails left by aircraft are chemical or biological agents deliberately sprayed at high altitudes for purposes undisclosed to the general public in clandestine programs directed by various government officials. Area 51. Mm, Silver iodide. Yeah. So they're spraying it really high up so that it dissipates over all of us, including presumably the pilot's grandmothers and the... And the U.S. senator that lives in that town. Right. I mean, it's it's like targeted at everybody. Oh, they go go to go to the the poor neighborhoods or the people with guns. Now, right. Now, how would they? Know? Here's here's one part of this. 30,000 30, feet over the poor neighborhoods. It's a very very <laughs> effective way to drop underwear. Now, the thing is, uh, so in the in the estimation of these various scientists that are uh, studying this important work, uh, what is what has happened as a result of that? Has it? Well, <laughs> look around you. The aforementioned labia artist. <laughs> They're right? blaming the labia artist on I, contrail chemicals. I think the fact that the website, that the Jezebel website even exists <laughs> because of chemtrails. That those that those women have become this, that empowered. This is going to be one of those things like Scientology where I can't think about it too much. Because yeah. I will, I will go down a certain kind of uh, tone level uh, rabbit trail, and then I'll start thinking. I'll start really thinking about it. In order to really understand something, you have to be a little bit sympathetic. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to understand another person, even if you disagree with them, you have to put yourself in their in their chemtrail shoes and try yeah. and understand it. And right. and I, I worry sometimes because I'm very susceptible. I'm very suggestible. I guess. Yeah. I don't want to read. I'm just going to read that first paragraph. I think. Okay, that seems good to me. Where'd, I mean, you, hear, the, where'd you hear about this? That you you weren't at the uh, Jimmy Corgan concert, right? No, but I, I you know I follow the um, I follow the trades. The trades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I, uh, I spend some time on the internet uh, looking for evidence of intelligent life, and uh, <laughs> you're looking in the wrong place, buddy. <laughs> I am I am I am an old man with a lamp, <laughs> searching for something. And the problem is that I do not limit the corners of the internet. That I visit, so I go. John, if you only read things you already know, you're not learning. That's right. That's right. You're going to have to be you or any any other scholar of a lamp. Would you have to be challenged? You have to go into rooms that you've never been into before. Some of which could be very dark. That's right. Am I wrong? I I have spent I have spent more time than I care to admit, uh, uh, like trawling, not trolling, but trawling Uh the the whole like white supremacist underground. I have spent many many hours. Watching the step dance routines of black fraternities in the South. <laughs> I, 
have. I have. <laughs> you I, mean like like the FAMU marching band, like fancy dances, those things? Are you not familiar with the step dancing phenomenon? Is this is this that Harlem Shuffle thing? No, no. This is one of this is one of America's great uh, cultural. It's not uh, clogging though, right? It is not unlike clogging. I've seen so, some clogging. So this is a this is a uh, a tradition uh, in the black fraternities of the you know the the you know, Howard University and the big universities in the South, mm-hmm. where uh, they duel with one another with a very orchestrated kind of clog dancing <laughs> called stepping where they stepping. they do this like hyper hyper uh like coordinated dance steps as a as a form of competition with one another and it is awesome it is super super badass and it and it has not really it has not really gone out into the world. Like uh, there, there has never been a moment like there was with voguing where it went from a kind of underground culture and, and became a mainstream culture. Like, I think there was a while there, maybe at the late eighties, maybe kid and play had a little bit of sure step dancing as part of one of their movies. Or I don't know. There was a moment they were doing where, more probably of like a dance kata. Like they were showing you what they could do if they decided to fight. Yeah, but it was always like it was always two people dancing against each other, and this is like twenty-five people dance. It's like marching band duels, except without. But are both sides doing the same dance? No, no, no. They like they bring their. They is bring it like their, a? I mean, like, I don't. I don't want to work ping pong, but is it kind of like a break dance battle? Don't you don't you do a? Isn't there like a like a, a you know a Michael Jackson Thriller thing where you can like dance against each other, West Side Story style? Yeah, it yes. There 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 are elements of that, but it's also very military. Like there there it's kind of there's there are marching elements of it. You really have to just you really just have to spend the many hours <laughs> I will. They're hmm. watching uh, it <clears throat> online because some of the some of you know some of those contests are unfortunately none of them have really been filmed professionally. So you're watching these contests <laughs> and they're filmed from people's phones. Oh, like shot on a feature phone. And you're just like, oh, come on! I wish that this had good sound, and I wish it had. Like that a, sounds like a documentary on Netflix. I, I mean, that's I, waiting to happen. I bet there, if there isn't one, some Roderick on the Line listener is already putting up a Kickstarter. Chuck, Chuck Klosterman and uh, Thurston Moore will be in it. So anyway, first the time I saw stepping has taught me many things, and and one of my favorite things right now is chemtrails. Okay, I, just, I, I dropped a little bit so, of a thread there. So so stepping, was that? that's just an example of the dark rooms into which you will walk once your keyboard is working? Oh, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call that a, that's not that a dark room. That was ping room. pong, I apologize. You, you know, like, I have never, I have never used Tor or an, any kind of onion dark <laughs> web secret. You have not used thing. any of the onion-based IP obfuscation services. Right. I have not done any of that. I go into the I'm you know what I am? I am a Pete Townsend character and I am out there looking at terrible things on the internet as part of my research. Oh, and if I get indicted Right. If I if, if my search history comes up with a bunch of snuff films mm-hmm. and terrible like, you know, um all the terrible evil that's out there, I am fairly confident, first of all, that I'm gonna know the FBI agent that is assigned to the case and that he and I are can I have an understanding? No, I'm in the sense that it, it'll be someone you're familiar with. But look yeah, for, so somebody that, that I probably went to college with. or, or The one or, who set up the meeting but didn't go. Yeah, he's, or he might be a Roderick on the Line listener. Mm. And if that isn't 
if that isn't enough, then probably the district attorney's father went to law school with my dad. What I'm saying is the old boy network is going to take care of this and I'm not going to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. That's how I go through life. That's how I make it happen. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, cause somebody, somebody has to be the Pete Townsend of our modern day and be out there looking at terrible things as a way of, um, bearing witness. It's, it's something I first, I guess I became aware of late in my tenure of living in the South. And I don't think it's peculiar to the South, but there's a funny thing that I would encounter, which is, um, people thinking that because you know about something, you not only like are like approve of it, but that you do it. Like you sit in the office and you go, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have faxed that. I'm totally on crack. And they would all look at you and think you, you actually were literally thinking about doing crack. But even saying that you had said that you were on crack. Well, I mean, I'm being a little bit extreme, but like, it's such a faux pas. I mean, you know, in, in certain, we've talked about this before, but in, in certain uh, little subsets of, of the culture, uh, you know, a lot of what is said is what is not said. And there are certain things that, you know, there could be a real turd in the punch bowl. Like if I said turd in the punch bowl in the office, like that would probably mean people would think I like to drink turds or something. You're gross. How uh, many turds have you put in punch bowls? I don't. I don't think I like that at all. <laughs> I, That's uh, my mama's yeah. punch bowl. You know, we, um, we, you and I, between the two of us, we have seen a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We've gone down a lot of roads, and um, it's only made us more helpful. I, I think so. And I mean, I, in some ways I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sometimes grateful. Well, I'm often grateful for things like YouTube. Like, you know, like tonight I got to go, I uh, found a couple like things about Elliot Smith and posted it on my website. And I'm glad that's out there. But <clears throat> sometimes I find myself using YouTube for what it's actually for, which is uh, following your nose deeper and deeper and deeper into something super duper weird that you had no idea lots of people would in this case make videos about. And that could be something that's been I thought it was all just guys getting uh, hit in the nuts when they were trying to skateboard down a railing. Yeah, they, they call it they call it board knobbing. I don't know. That, I'm sure I'm sure that that's a genre, but I mean that could be something as benign as like people playing ukulele covers of songs. Like that could be a thing that you do for a while. <laughs> I happen to know that it's a thing. It's a thing that made Jonathan Colton a lot of money. Huh? Oh, because they put ads on the page. No, because covering Jonathan Colton's music on the ukulele, <clears throat> covering Jonathan's Colton, Jonathan Colton's music in a twee way mm-hmm. on the ukulele has actually spawned a whole <laughs> genre. Is of, there a name for it? I think it's called. Uh, I think that it's called. Well, we can come back to it. <laughs> I think it's but called, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of them. Bobby Lewisism. I saw. I, mean, I saw a Tom Cruise crazy one time that was really really good. Yeah. But it's, I, you know, I think there should be, you know, it's funny, like right now the YouTube uh, uh, people can do things like, uh, you know, using algorithms, they can basically find any copyrighted music that's, they can try anyway to find any music that's used in a video or something like that. Huh. You know, I, I think it would be nice to, to let me know ahead of time before I click on the video that it's a ukulele cover. And it would be really nice, like, if I'm going to go, like I say, if I, w- I want to find some built to spill, uh, I would please make it clear that this is shot with somebody's shaky feature phone. That's the kind of right. thing that would make that useful, because that's a lot of wasted time. That's time I could be spending on chemtrails. Well, this is the thing. <clears throat> I read this, uh, an article in Wired not very long ago, which I subscribed to hmm. and have subscribed to Wired for many years. 
because I believe that you don't you don't have to show your bona fides to me. I believe I know that you if, know computers. That if a person reads Wired, yes, and Discover Magazine, then they know all science. Hmm. That is all you need to know all science. But this article in Wired said. They keep making these bigger and bigger TVs that have more and more features, but none of them are useful because television sucks. It's pretty good. And I was like, huh, that, that's really exactly true. And this, this article went on to say, like, you can, you know, your TV supposedly allows me to sync 10,000 things, but really, I just want to watch Dr. Strangelove, and I don't want to, and I can't find it anywhere. And I don't want to have to type Dr. Strangelove into 17 different... Yeah, using like a four-way dingus. <laughs> yeah, using a dingus. Type it into all these different menus and nobody has it. And, you know, and he's like, here, we have the TVs. Like, that, that's peaked. We don't need more. We don't need higher definition. We don't need bigger TVs. We got it now. We're, it's mastered. Now we need someone to figure out how to make watching TV even remotely pleasurable to someone that doesn't spend four hours a day figuring out their TV. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's a problem that's not so far off what I felt like I was facing a little bit today, which is that um, you – I mean whatever your business is, there's really only so much you can do. Like if you shine shoes for a living, there's not much that you can do to improve the quality of the shoes that are manufactured. That, <laughs> that man or woman shoeshine person can only do so much to improve what's out there. But, you know, it's not, is it, do you think it's up to the TV makers to make a better show? No, but, but this is the, this is the direction of the, like, I think the TV makers could, they, they, they are, what we have now is, is 40 interfaces. And what we need is one interface. Yeah. And Sony is as capable as anyone of being the person that makes the one interface, you know, like, Sony doesn't so Sony could could be at the forefront of the technology we need, you know. The TV makers are also makers of other things. And I don't know. Well, what was but, the can you tell us yeah. what the company was that you visited today? No, absolutely not. <clears throat> Thank you though. Um the uh there, there, there may be something to what we're talking about, though, and this is—I I don't want to make it all about the money, but this also might be where you, me, Catherine. I'm thinking the Kathleen. I'm thinking maybe, maybe Jason Finn. We could, we could find a role for. Um, yeah. Is uh, he could polish our bowling balls? <laughs> I thought he paid to have that done. He does, but you know, um, the, you know, here, here, here's one of the problems is that, uh, if you look at all this stuff in general, you know, all aspects of like entertainment and dealing with other people <laughs> and like all the stuff that the internet is, you know, kind of, kind of there to help us do, um, all of the innovation, so much of the innovation that we see is mainly to become a barely profitable nuisance. And, and so that nuisance in some ways could be that you, well, if you, if you want to find Dr. Strangelove, you're going to have to go through this search system that, you know, unless you're going to go out and steal it, you're going to have to go through this really Byzantine, you know, way to find this movie. I've been trying to find this one documentary that I've heard a lot about. And basically, I'm going to have to buy 
a plastic disc from Amazon in order to watch it. Like I've right. got money. I will not a lot, but I mean, I'll pay to watch it right now. I right. do it all the time. I bought, I bought the matrix the other night, like just for fun. Cause I wanted to watch it because it's really <laughs> easy to do on my Apple yeah. TV. But, but I mean, like, for example, we subscribe to this thing, you know, called Hulu, which gives you access to, you know, a whole bunch of shows and to kind of Geico of, commercials. This is my point, John. It was my wife's idea. I'm in it for the long haul with my lady. If she yeah. wants Hulu, we get Hulu. But sure. like I tried to watch a Saturday Night Live episode and I fast forwarded and like the thing froze up because I yeah. was like trying I wasn't trying to avoid a commercial. I was not trying to be out of compliance. <laughs> and yeah, it still yeah, yeah. froze up the box that was on. But yeah. like think about the thing with I don't want to say anything against Rhapsody. I know one of the founders. <laughs> but it's but like in that case, you're saying like I okay, here's another example. Um you were there at MC Hammer's birthday party, right? Yes, I was. Yes. I'm at all of them. His fiftieth birthday party. <laughs> that was a weird night. I uh that I lost, was very weird. I lost a good sweatshirt that night. But um, but in that case, you, you you were hilarious that night. Was I? Yeah, because uh, I was making fun of your friend. Yeah, you were making you were making fun of uh, of all the tech uh, nerdlings. <laughs> Me? Yeah, there was a there was a ta- we were sitting at a table. I was at his really nice house and accidentally making fun of him, and I didn't. Oh, you mean made to. fun of him, yeah, but 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 you may not re- you may not remember this because you were celebrating with MC Hammer mm. so uh, so effusively. But uh, but we were sitting at a table and a bunch of oh god, that was so funny. 20-something kids in skinny pants came and joined us at the table, and they were all hyper-confident Stanford grads who all had a Twitter app or a new startup that they were really excited about. And they started to try to talk to you about the internet. Do you think, in, do you think they like, were young familiar? People do speak. You don't think they were like familiar with me, do you? Well, what I think was that <laughs> you had another guest at the table that was much better known than I. Yeah, yeah, there was a, there was someone else at the table that was more that was more famous than us all. But they were they started talking to you and they realized they clocked that, me. I bet they clocked yeah, me as the internet at, guy. At first, at first, you 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 trolled them successfully, but then they got then they were wise to you, but they weren't sure like where you were coming from, and they were fascinated by you, and then their fascination with you made you furious <laughs> you, then you really really wanted to do I, see do them. I really do that yeah they you really wanted to see oh, them haunt, like in the stocks in the public square you wanted you wanted I'm to so paint sorry. a giant red a on all of them hmm. and they and they were That's a terrible thing to do no 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 it was wonderful because they were they were they're, they're, they're these san francisco kids i'm sure they all had audi a8 quattro's valet parked with like ground effects and personalized license plates. And these kids deserve to be taken to task for being like tasteless little douches. But, but you, but you are also very inscrutable in moments like that. It's, it's just so amazing that that is the kind of person that you would meet at MC hammers 50th birthday party. Right. You would think MC hammers 50th birthday party was going to be full of like former Oakland A's. Well, yeah, was, like I would have met, like I don't know, like like I mean, Willie Brown was there. That was kind of cool. He's he's the best. But like I, I didn't get to meet Wu Tang Clan or anything. Yeah, right. But the re, but the re, everybody else in there is like twenty four years old, and uh, and like there's the Asian one, and then there's the blonde one, and then there's the Vinkelvosses, <laughs> and they're all wearing Uniqlo clothes, <laughs> like Uniqlo pink uh, khakis, and they are so excited about talking about the internet 
and you just uh you it was like <laughs> we were there too and it's like what was weird about it was like like in the area where we were kind of camped out there yeah. was a group that correct me if i'm wrong but there was a group that really appeared to be um uh, i don't know his real name i forget his real name but but M- mc hammer like i will call him uh his like there was like really oh, like, his family right his his, his normal mom? looking oakland african-american family right. in their sunday go to church clothes looking like they were they were beaming and it was really nice and he had his obviously kids, gotten a lot of people shoes. into this party and it looked like they were having fun and were like they looked awesome and yeah. then there was a lot of douchebags like us yeah. There was like uh, you outside. I remember I was delayed coming in because I was uh, talking to this guy who was anyway. It doesn't matter, but he's like a super famous internet guy. I'm like, why are why are we here? Why are you here? But right. you can't even really talk about that well, because I'm then a celebrity. That, I'm I was there because I'm a rock star. Yeah. Who got us into that? Was it your friend? It was. Uh, it was my friend's. My friend's friend that you that you really. <laughs> I thought your friend's wife was coming. <laughs> no, it was my friend's friend that was smoking an e-cigarette. Uh, that you really took to task. Makes you look like a wizard. <laughs> really took to task for his multi-million dollar house. In the oh, top I still of San feel. Francisco. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the problem is, uh, the problem is that like the only way to the people. It seems to me that sometimes. It's strange to me that, like, and I think this goes to your TV point, is that, okay, great, guys, we've perfected the TVs, like, now, or, or in this case, we can make the internet go fast and be reliable, and your, like, your browser won't crash as much, but, like, now, you know, sort of, what do we have to look at? Well, to get stuff we want to look at, you have to find a way to pay for it, or, right. you know, ideally, bandwidth isn't, is, bandwidth is surprisingly expensive for a lot of this stuff. And so, but the trouble is, the best way that a lot of people have figured out um, to do that is to, is to annoy people. Is, is, is to be a nuisance. Yeah. And like, I heard an interview with you, um, the other day where you were talking to somebody, uh, those two guys in Canada about your music and talking about the idea of, you know, quote unquote, stealing music and what it means. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny though, because I'm more and more drawn to this, having a very clearly delineated relationship where I pay a certain amount of money and get a thing. Kind of yeah. like it's like like middle ages kind of stuff. I don't Be- mind it at all. I, because but, going you know, to Hulu I, and like watching commercials while Adam Twelve is on does not make me happy. No, but I went to Netflix and I typed in. What do you think I typed in? Auschwitz. <laughs> You'd already no. seen that. You're- I've seen everything that has Auschwitz in the title. No, <laughs> I went to I went to to Netflix as you do, and I typed in Dean Martin. Oh, sure. Because I was like, you know what I want to see right now? I want to see anything with Dean Martin in it. And Netflix says uh, your keyword returns no results, and I'm like, if you are a if you are a purveyor of wow. of movies, and a person can't go into the search bar at the top of your product and put in Dean fucking Martin and not get back the wealth of the 20th century, yeah, I you know I should have I should have been. One click away from Lucille Ball, I should have been one click Sammy away. Sammy Davis Jr., the most Sammy. entertaining man who's ever lived. <laughs> I should have been. I should have been that close to Bing Crosby. I should have been that. I should have been seeing Jonathan Winters in two clicks, and instead I get returns no results. You know, I, here's the thing, John. I, as I sit here, I am realizing that the Matrix, which I bought for I think ten dollars American uh, mm. on the Apple TV, I'm realizing I am deep inside the Matrix because I thought about that for a second and I thought, oh, you'll get. Ocean's Eleven, you might get the Colgate, you know, Jerry Lewis show or something. But then I stopped for a second and I said, holy shit, there's no fucking Dean Martin on Netflix? 
Like, think about being a little kid. Think about being a kid when we were kids and the incredibly entertaining people who were doing things. I bet there's no Ed Wynn. I bet there's very little Jack Benny. But but here's the thing. Here's Here's the thing that I have no way of knowing, Merlin, which is that on Netflix, I'm sure there's tons of Dean Martin. But oh. me, as a dope, I don't know how to find it. Now, yeah. if I go to Google and I put Dean Martin in, I am two clicks away from watching free Dean Martin on YouTube. But I was in a pay service, and the thing I thought of was, I want to watch a Dean Martin movie. And their algorithm is not written to allow me to put the name of somebody in. I had I, they, want, they want me to put, like, they want me to, to he, use well, he would, their... Well, he would need to appear as, like, a... As a marquee name yeah, in the metadata. It would have to be, yeah. yeah, right. So what they want me to do is go to Westerns and then go to... Matt Helm. 50s Westerns. Right. You know, like, the, and that is, that's what I'm saying when I say that we have the TVs now, but nobody has figured out a way other than, other than Google and YouTube to get me my Dean fucking Martin mm-hmm. as fast as I possibly can. You know, like, I do not want to sit and have to think of how to get it. I don't want to put some like it hot in there. I don't want to put, you know, I don't want to have to chase Dean. Dean is being, Dean already is being chased by so many people. Hmm. Dean Dean should be a button. Dean should be a preset. You know what? It should be like one of these F, it should be F7 on every solar powered keyboard. F7. That's pretty good. I right? I think he's yeah yeah. I, you know I I think of it sometimes like well for example like I have this. this I'm sorry, this is, there, you we're, know we're breaking a rule and talking about the internet a little there bit. There are but, kids listening to this podcast who yes. have never heard of Dean Martin. Well, that's that's a goddamn shame. That that you know what that is chemtrails. You think that's what it is? Chemtrails they make your family, the, make your parents not tell you about Dean Martin. They were raised by somebody who was like, um, Dean Martin's pretty sexist. Do you remember the gold, really Do you remember the gold diggers? Remember his dancers on the Dean Martin show? Oh, do I? Oh, my God. They were like solid gold before solid gold. They were really handsome women. Well, think about, <sighs> think about Jill St. John. No, I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't say Anne Margaret. <laughs> That's where I was going next. I knew it. Anne Margaret on the Dean Martin show. Oh, my God. Now, now. I wouldn't be now, able to fit through a door. Now, fast forward to Keisha. Is that the lady with the dollar sign in her name? Pulling her labia over someone's forehead oh, no. in a music video. <laughs> and tell, and tell me, tell me. That's that, probably F7. If you hit F7, you're going to see key, key, key dollar sign just uh, lobby out literally, literally, literally over a, 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 a lobby microphone. I think of it like this, John. I think oh, of it like a, a mini bar. I think- <laughs> I think of it like a mini bar. Like that's a lot of these. A lot of these services are like a mini bar, where you go there and you open it up, and you have a pretty good idea of what kind of stuff is in there. And like, if you want anything else, you're probably going to go have to find it or steal it from somewhere else. Did I ever, did I ever tell you about the time I was staying at the the, the brand new Hilton Hotel in Austin? No. And John Flansburg shows up at my room, and he's got the guy who made that uh, that documentary, The Cruise. Have you ever seen that? Uh-uh. About the guy who's who gives who, he gives tours of New York City, but uh, and he's like on a double decker bus, like talking about the architecture and the history of New York, but he's making it all up. <laughs> <laughs> it's all 
It's all just a lie. So John Flansburg and this guy show up at my hotel room. And Flansburg proceeds to open up my mini bar. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden there's like 35 people in my room. People like people. There's a guy like uh, cutting calluses off his feet. And there's somebody <laughs> there's somebody in a top hat. And there's a guy with a with a cockatiel. It's like the Marx Brothers, like room service. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? I was I was about to I was about to call it a night. And anyway, Flansburg opens up the mini bar and out it all goes into the room. And this is one of those Hilton Hotel mini bars with like full bottles of red wine. Oh, dear. And, you know, who knows what else? Like shrimp chips. <laughs> I don't know what's in there. Sewing kits. It, it goes out into the room and the, and the party rages until the wee hours. And then after I finally kick everybody else and I make the guy pick up his calluses and take them out. And <laughs> guy, the guy with the bird and I'm kicking everybody out. And Flansburg's the last to go. And he turns around. And he slaps a 20 <laughs> on the desk. And he's like, good party, kid. Good job. See you next Was time. Was he kidding? No. Like, <laughs> he actually thought that would cover even a fraction of that? I, he, you know, he's just... I think he's screwing with you. There's no beautiful, way. Beautiful move. The cheapest bottle of wine in there was like $85. Well, maybe maybe he only eats out of other people's mini bars. Maybe I he's that's possibly you know, I you know, I've known him a long time, but I think he may travel with that group of people. I think there's thirty five people waiting for his waiting for him to boop him. And he just goes boop and then <laughs> every any hotel room can become it's a mad, mad, mad world. You're going to get email. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Slaps a 20 down. Right, right, there, right there on the dresser. Good, good party, kid. Here's a sentence for you. The cruise is unavailable to stream. Just search for it on Netflix. Nothing. See? Yeah. The cruise is unavailable to stream. One of the great films of our time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It is frustrating, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about the internet. Yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, there's this deeper thing, and uh, just to, to return quickly to that to that idea, though, uh, one of the things that I, I that I find so fascinating about you, and I find so uh, unintentionally, uh, sickeningly inspiring about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. Is uh, I don't know. Is that uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but. Let, let, let me put it in this. Let me put it this way. Like right. uh, when I go and let's just say in the abstract, go and visit with people, I, I, I sometimes get a feeling, uh, and I just want to stipulate: this is what shows that I'm way out of touch. I'm not showing that I'm like a cool outsider. I'm showing that I'm like a psychopath to the rest of the world. Yeah. So, like that conversation that you and Kathleen had with the very nice people at Rhapsody, who are yes. good people, and they were lovely. Yeah. Uh, they were lovely people. The uh, one of the one of the co-founders' cousin was my wife's best friend. I admire their service. We're at their wedding. And so they're wonderful, wonderful people. Um, but you, what you're describing is not unusual at all, which is, first of all, that's really super fucking clueless. Um, like, you know, and why, why did I mention MC Hammer? Because there was a time I remember when MC Hammer announced that he was going to be launching a new site that was going to be the YouTube of dance videos. Hmm. And so you can already guess what the joke is. Yeah, there's already a YouTube of dance videos. Right. And what's it called? YouTube. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and so, you know, when somebody when somebody says something like, We want to be I'm just tossing this out, but we wanna be the social we want to be <laughs> the a Twitter social food pictures. We want to be sure. <laughs> like we want to be like we have an interactive uh music engagement platform uh that we think will make us the the Twitter of streaming music. 
Like they may really feel like, like they, that's what they know how to build, right? They know how to build that stuff. They know there needs to be a social media component to it. But like the frustrating part, there's like several levels of frustrating in that to me, which is like, first of all, I'm supposed to sit there or you're supposed to sit there <clears throat> and act like that makes any fucking sense at all. Yeah. Well, here's what you really want me to do. What you really want me to do is go and produce content for you for free yeah. and act like that is benefiting me to be basically pouring myself and my credibility into this thing that you're not willing to to see to me is not that interesting and is not really going to do that much for me. You want me to, as my uh, as we say back in my church, you want me to basically put my candle under a bushel basket. You want exclusivity that does not benefit me or my fans at all. The fans, fuck fans. People who are vaguely interested in anything that you do. To, to, to go and put that into this little silo that nobody can see and, and then, you know, uh, wrap public service ads around it isn't helping anybody. My, well, my question to you is when people in your church say put your candle under a bushel basket, what right. are they talking about? Butt sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, hmm. They also call it uh, taking the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they call it, uh, uh-huh. they call it uh, freeing Barabbas. <laughs> That road uh, to Damascus. So much shit goes down there. Uh, Thessalonians. Thess- Thessalonians. <laughs> That's not a place. What, what Come on. Is that? And Thess- why do we need a second one? What is the deal with that? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I've heard this. Uh, you know, this light under a bushel basket, and I, I've never understood like what. Uh, yeah, I, I need to go. If read you the have, Bible. if you have a, uh, if you have a, um, if you have a skill or a gift, if, if God has given you a gift, it's your obligation to share with the world, much like you have. Uh, right. I bet you yeah. don't even own a bushel basket. Uh, you know, I have a collection of bushel baskets, but I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't talk about you that a lot. You should put them on eBay as a lot. I was at Trader Joe's today and I, and I do have a collection of vintage trader joe's bags and then i saw the then i i ran into a friend of mine there who used to be nirvana's front of house guy back in the old days great sound man and he also had an amazing collection of trader joe's bags did you guys trade? Going all the way back. And Did you guys we were do just, any trades? Was it like was it like baseball cards? You get a Roberto just, Clemente for a Steve Garvey or something? You know, and I had a couple of them in their original packaging. It had never been used. I just take them in and out of the store. You had mint in bag, mint in bag and bag. <laughs> so, uh, so that was you know that was a moment. But is, but if, is it a small? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just I was just going to say that like so many things. I have only read the Bible once, and it was a long time ago, and I don't remember it. That's okay. Um, there's a lot of anecdotes that come up from the Bible that are that are kind of good to know, but it's um, yeah, it's hard with my wife because she's a heathen. Oh right. Yeah, she doesn't have she doesn't have. I don't want to go too deep on this, but you know, she. Um, well, first of all, let me just let me just say uh, the the problem. I, like, people talk about reading the Bible. I, yeah. I learned as a child that my grandfather had actually read the Bible. He spent a few weeks and he read it all the way through. And this is back when Christians were normal. It was like when Christians and Republicans made made sense. And right. so, you know, he was a pretty normal guy. He was a CPA and you know a gentleman. He gardened and and uh, but he had read the Bible. But the thing is, like, if you're from the group the kind of group that I'm from, which is a lot of people in, in Christianity, you're reading little bits of the Bible a lot as part of like a like a Marvel story arc. Like you're reading thematically, especially as a kid. You're memorizing some verses, you're reading some chapters, you're studying things, right? You might learn about, you know, uh, the nature of faith or something. Like, I don't know that many people 
who have actually who haven't been in the racket for a long time that have read it all the way through. And if right. you do read it all the way through, there's just so much stuff in there that's skippable. Well, there's here's so the thing. much of the like, Old Testament you can just gloss over. I don't want to read the letters to the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. I don't want to read the letters to the Thessaloni- Thessalonians uh, because reading other people's mail is wrong. <laughs> oh my <laughs> it's, God, John. It's a federal crime. And people all these years have been reading all these letters that were to all these different... I'm, I'm literally, I'm going to save you, I'm literally going to cut that out. <laughs> Letter to the Romans, mail fraud. Bonk. Oh, brother, you know, boy. Are you saying, wait a minute, are you cutting it out because it's cheesy? Are you- no, it was nuanced. It was nuanced. <laughs> Anyway, there might be a revenue opportunity here because, but but here's the problem: most of the people who bring people in, I God, I don't want to say this, but this is what what you're describing and what um, I have encountered in the past is what they really want is to talk to you into being on their side about right. something that's kind of silly. Right. They want you to toot about it. They want you yeah. to link to them, and they and they want you to basically stand up there on the dais with, wearing a carnation with your arm around them and saying, "I pass my Wuffy my benediction onto this project," and like, but I'm only passing my benediction onto your project. Well, here's the here's my question to you, and this is a question that we all we all uh, need answers to for <laughs> is <clears throat> I know. There are people out there who are making a thing and they want me to do something for them and they have X number of dollars and they're, the first thing they do is ask me to do it for free. And most of the time I say yes. And my question to you is, how do I retroactively go back and kill those people? Oh, that's a really... Take their a, money. Uh, well, I'd be happy to address that. There's a lot of angles to that. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it depends on which of the two major kinds of time travel timelines you believe in. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to go into that in a lot of detail right now. Right. But uh, one thing I would do is... We have a kind of a tacit agreement to not talk about time travel anymore. I'm I'm very tempted to sometimes. But, I mean, setting that funny movie aside, like uh, that good movie, like I honestly don't want to talk about time travel because it does... And I, and I have to tell you, John, in a lot of the literature that I'm reviewing these days, by which I mean all the comic books I read, there there right. is a lot of time travel. And it's what sometimes if, a little hard to follow. What if? What if mm-hmm. the what? What if the universe was designed to avoid over paradox? And the only way time travel is real, but the only way that you can time travel is that you go back. You, it's always in reverse, and you always go back to one month before you were born, and you always die on the day that you are born. Would you go? Do, do, do you think you can go? Yeah. See, this is exactly what I was trying to avoid. <laughs> no, I... Shit. I start lining up the ambience. Uh, okay. Where's my orange juice? There's an Adventure Time comic that I'm going to buy and send to you. You should be watching Adventure Time anyway that addresses this. It's a time machine that always takes you back to this exact same moment, and and it's used to comedic effect. But but no, I'm going to cut to the chase because I I know you're you're time constrained. Um, Where so one of those places, I would start with one of the ones that was particularly egregious about agreeing to letting you work for free. 
that yep. they, they yep. didn't even like make a big like they didn't pat for their wallet you know like you I, know and i would go there I, I would literally you should you should take off your clothes uh pick up a garbage can throw it through the window and like set it? the place on fire and say and then then the next day go to sal and say where's my pay <laughs> that, uh, movie listen, had, I, that movie had three endings it was very frustrating to me I am really, I am really on the, I feel like I'm on the threshold now. Yeah. I'm on the cusp career-wise. I, I got that from that interview. I, I didn't know about your keynoting. Yeah, I'm doing all these You should keynotes. look that up on Urban Dictionary, by the way. Key, keynote is another mm-hmm. kind of thing. Is it like Thessaloniki? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's different from keystoning. Don't look that is up. Is it like the road to Damascus? Yeah, it's like, it's like felching in Pennsylvania. They call it keystoning. Keynote. The key, oh, keystone. Yeah, okay. Keystone, yeah. But, you, uh, but, but like, seriously, are you, you, you're getting more offers from people to come and speak somewhere or to, well, to present. It's curious because I always thought the, 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 the challenge 10 years ago was um, in Seattle, there are lots and lots of local bands. And then there are Seattle bands that become national bands. And there's this, um, there's this booking hierarchy or like local pedigree where, if you're if if they do a if they do a, a a piece on you on the the local morning news the morning news is always going to say local band X you know local band band of horses played a big show last night <laughs> you know like those guys don't they don't understand <clears throat> but has that guy worked there for a really long time <laughs> that particular guy <laughs> local band band of horses well, well local band the fleet foxes is really doing. <laughs> Amazing things. These killers aren't real killers, although they do kill it rock music. <laughs> oh, the only rock music I'm into is my rocking chair. Don't call the fire department. <laughs> it's just an arcade fire. <laughs> so anyway, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the last thing the Long Winters wanted to be was a local band. Because that guy, the guy on the morning news, he's never going to get it. But the but the bookers and the the people that do the you know, like Sasquatch Festival is a national festival, but it also features a lot of local bands. And you want right. your band to be a na- you want your band to be from Seattle, but to be a national band, and not be because the local bands get five hundred bucks. The national bands, you know. Oh, that's super interesting. Like you, you would be. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but like you'd be uh-huh. on. Like, you might be on like a second stage, like a Lollapalooza. Like you're over in the back, kind of thing. You want to be so you want. You're like the hometown team, though, where you want to be big enough that well, of course, we're going to have Seattle's Long Winners play because right. they have a national presence. It would be idiotic. You want to be at that plane at that level, right? Right. Right. Exactly. And the, and the, the thing about it is that if you are a you know if you are, if you are a festival headliner, of course, there's no. There's no question about it. But a band like the Long Winners, which is in the middle of the pack somewhere, where you feel like, okay, we are getting invited to play festivals other places. So we are, you know, we are at the level of uh, certainly national and international band. But there are all those people around Seattle who have known us since we were coming up <laughs> who still want to every once in a while, like, throw a little bit of local band shade your direction as either like a like a like a kick in the knee or also as a like cost saving method like oh yeah you know you guys are pretty big local band it's like whoa 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 slow down (laughs) it's like the musical equivalent of filling up on bread (laughs) 
Yeah, right. right. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, like the steak's going to come, but first of all, I want you to woof down yeah. a bunch of this sourdough. Yeah, slow your roll there with this local band talk is what I used to say. And over time, you know, I, I, I established myself as a, a, a and and continued to to aspire to establish myself as a national figure, a national media figure. Well, so recently, the city of Seattle has started throwing all this Seattle action at me. The mayor's office asked me to be on the steering committee for the mayor. And the, and the, uh, you know, the weekly is like, wants me to be a kind of editor at large. And the the local radio station is asking me, you know, kind of give sending me feelers. And I'm getting all these feelers from all these, from all these Northwest institutions that on the one hand, it feels very appropriate. A man, my age, with as much gray in his beard as I have, should start to think about, you know, and it's and it's appropriate, like in ter- in, in in terms my father would understand. Like mm-hmm. I could become a kind of Seattle personage. You're like a rock star emeritus. Yeah, in a way that in a way that I already am, in a way that I've been kind of trying to be. But now I'm starting to see like every one of those positions every one of those uh, commissions if you will is a commission in a kind of local militia (laughs) and they and it's all it all it's it feels like at the expense of anyone in new york or hollywood or london giving a shit about me you know like at a certain point when you are the when you are the editor of the Seattle, uh, you know, the Seattle uh, Capitol Hill Times and Dispatch, <laughs> you're no longer, you, you're, you know, you're no longer relevant to the Village Voice editor. Even though it's a, even though it's a prominent position, even though it's a step up from like being just a freelance jackass. So this regional, this creeping kind of regional status I'm, I actually feel kind of, uh, well, amb- certainly ambivalent about, but also a little threatened by, because it's appealing. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, the mayor wants me to do something. Aren't I somebody? Aren't I special? It's like, well, yeah, but also, like, are you are you going to become a like a local real estate agent? Like, are you going to get a Pontiac dealership here somewhere and just be like Seattle's the guy that hosts the morning news program, basically local celeb. So, is it a matter of that? There's a risk of associating yourself too heavily with a regional thing, or you're? Is that what you're talking about? I'm not sure. I, I I feel like I feel like the two, maybe it is the two paths of fame, and one path of fame is a is a regional fame. Is a Tom <laughs> Tom Baudet is going to leave the light on for you? Tom Baudet was a was a writer i mean i'm sorry tom Baudet is a writer a humor writer from alaska and he wrote a series of kind of dave barry style books about kind of homespun humor about like the biggest salmon you ever saw and what happens when you run out of lamp fuel <laughs> and and it sounds but, like Garrison Keillor's reject uh, pile. <laughs> uh, it's, but that's the thing in Alaska. You call this soup? 
that shit is hilarious. You know, like, well, uh, then there was the year they had the outhouse races. It's funny because it's true. You know, and and in Alaska, he was like a he was a he was a he was a big wheel. Hmm. Uh, and then he parlayed that into the national campaign for Super Eight. Was that Motel Seven? Uh, mo- Motel Six. Sixteen Candles. I think. It's, he, yeah, no, it's. I think it's Motel Six. Speaking of Sixteen Candles, Molly Ringwald is playing tonight in Seattle with her jazz combo. And she, I'm what, not she, what does she play? She a horn player? No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sorry that was my forehead that's my percussion instrument i'm like the max roach of what the fuck okay so, is she a horn player? if you leave so does she no i mean is she horny does she do like a i could see her i could see her doing an alto sax no i, I bet she plays piano i i don't think she does any of that i think she stands I thought she in lived a, in france she's come back she's she stormed the beaches she came back to america like she's led many lives yeah and she i think she stands in front of a jazz combo um, uh, wearing a chanteuse dress, mm. maybe with a Chinese collar, maybe a slit up the side. Hmm. And she sings uh, Eartha Kitt music with no uh, balls. Well, that's my uh, guess. That sounds execrable. Um, I, you know, I follow her on Twitter, and the only reason I really? follow her is, is I keep... Th- well, when she first showed up... <laughs> Will she ever mention was- me? <laughs> When she first showed up on Twitter and she had like 1,500 followers, I was so excited. I'm like, I am one of Molly Ringwald's. You got in the uh, the ground floor of Ringwald? It's like, I am right there, Molly. And I sent her a couple of replies like where she would say, oh, my God, you guys, this is so amazing. And I'd be like, yay. Welcome, Molly Ringwald. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to Twitter. It's super fun here. (laughs) Lol. And she never replied. And and I was and so that after, hurts, doesn't that hurt? Now yeah, you know yeah. what it feels like. Now it you know. I do. Now I know. How I follow all these comic guys, and they won't have anything to do with me. I got I, I got I got ten times more followers than they do. But they will not have anything to do with me, and it, it breaks my heart. I want to be it, in. I want to be in their circles. It did me too. I I followed uh, I followed uh, uh, Jane Weedland for a while. <laughs> oh man, I followed her, <laughs> and I kept and I kept doing it. I kept being like, totally. Oh my god, you're so right, lol. <laughs> the kind of thing that you personally scroll past a thousand times a day. Ruffle, ruffle, ruffle. <laughs> smiley face emoticon and never got anything back from her and then i realized More like that, we've got the meat yeah no but anyway so with molly yeah. Ringwald, so I'm, I'm, i so i kept following her and i and i had to i had to i had to go through that whole period where you're like don't reply just don't reply to her there should be a name for that there's the period where you've i'm sorry to interrupt you but like you jumped in right you got in the yeah. ground floor you, you maybe you laid back just a little bit you waited mm-hmm. for your pitch you jumped mm-hmm. in nothing Okay, Nothing. so you hang back a little bit. Right. You, you you try again, right? Now you're you're not made of fucking stone. Maybe yeah. after a week or so, you get one more really good one in there. Nothing, and then Nothing. there should be a name for that period where you're going. Am I just a putz? What yep. what am I doing? Sucks to be me. Sucks to be me. I am basically a receptacle for PR for like for immediate release. Nobody fucking cares, John. <laughs> <laughs> well, so anyway, I stick around because Molly Ringwald is constantly tweeting photographs of herself. Uh, but the, she's always like, it's a photograph that her, her assistant took on her phone from, uh, of her standing in front of a, a 
venue or something or a picture, you know, a picture of like, look at this, she says, exclamation point. And then you but she, she handed it. the phone to her assistant and said, take a picture of me in front of this venue. I think so. I think that's oh, what happens. Man. But also she she does her own pics and she's like, look at this. And then and you click on it like, what is it going to be? And it's a picture of a bunch of rutabagas. Ugh. And so she's one of those people. But I keep every time I click on one of these pictures, I think tonight's the night. That she's had three glasses of wine. <laughs> side boob. And, and she's taking a picture <laughs> of herself in the bathroom it's mirror. It's going to be hotel. side boob night. She's, she's in a towel and she's like, look at this. And it's like, and this it's is going to be the selfie I've been waiting for. And so I keep, I keep clicking on these pictures of rutabagas and pictures of little dogs and, you know, pictures of her shoes on the train and all this stuff. Cause I'm just dying for that one night. And she'll she'll delete it immediately. Like I have to be vigilant. Oh no, totally. But one night she's going to hit this. She's going to just be standing in front of the mirror, and she's going to be like, "I'm going to get. I'm going. You know what? I'm going to. She's three glasses of wine. She's had. You know she's she's had do? the inadvisable third goblet of Chardonnay, and just for fun, she takes she she takes a shot. It was framed a little poorly. Something the light catches it wrong, and mm-hmm. suddenly John John is in Thessalonians big time. That's right. Boom. Oh, look at, man. Look at these rutabagas. God, I wish I was completely alien to that idea. I, yeah. I've, I've done the same thing. It's terrible. And I mean, really, Molly Ringwald, I can think of like three people that I, that I, am, that I would even... Three people, two of whom aren't on Twitter. Molly Ringwald is the only one that I'm currently like just clicking on every really pick, hoping against hope, knowing it's never going to happen, knowing she's a mother of two. Yeah. God bless her. Hoping against hope that one day she's just going to be drunk in a hotel bathroom and say, I'm going to send a picture to the world of my booty. Send. I'm going to be there like Snoopy perched in a tree as a, as a. A World War I flying ace. When Snoopy would be a vulture and perch in the tree as a vulture. You're ready. I am. You're ready to right click, like boom, boom, saved, saved. (sighs) I I think, I think, I think you are onto something. I think you've got a problem that a lot of us have, and and I have to say, I think you're facing something that you had much more certainty about five years ago, which is where somebody's coming up to you and they're not offering to have a grown-up business transaction with you. Like a grown-up business transaction is when you go to someone and say, uh, I would like a Big Mac and I have $4. Will that work out? Instead of going in and asking uh, if, if you have three hours for a meeting uh, to talk about uh, this initiative that we have about food, is, food-related properties. This is the problem that we have. A Big Mac is clearly worth two people $4, I guess. I haven't bought a Big Mac in years. Mm-hmm. But it is unclear to people what I am worth, and the scale of what I am potentially worth is it goes from fifty thousand dollars to zero dollars. Oh, I I can't even you are, begin to tell boat. you how much I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, and so don't you don't you partly like, guess? Don't you partly guess based on like what their budget is and what you know what they think it's worth? So this guy writes me a letter today. I, I have been offered the job co-producing the debut album of a girl who contributed to a hit single that went, that went big. 
So this girl is. I might. I might need a diagram for that. <laughs> so there was so a you, hit single. You would co-produce. Okay. There was a hit single that made a, that 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 made a million that sold a million copies. This girl contributed a portion of the of the hook. Now she is making her own album, and she wants me to produce it. But she also wants this other guy who actually owns a studio and understands engineering to also produce it because I think he's going to let her use the studio for free. Oh, let us use the studio for free. And so her manager writes me and says, how much we're not going to pay you guys anything. How many percentage points do you want on the final recording? And I go, hmm. Now, I've been managing myself in my own career for my entire career. And this is the type of question that comes up a lot. But here we have a situation where they're not giving me anything. It is possible that this, that this single and this record will do what most things do and just go away. But because of this connection to this big hit single... There is also the possibility that this will generate some amount of money and that my percentage of it is not insignificant. Mm-hmm. But there's this other guy who is supposedly co-producing it with me. <clears throat> so I wrote the manager back and I was like, well, what are you giving the other guy? And he writes back and says, well, we're trying to figure that out right now. Mm. And I said, <laughs> well, when you figure it out, let me know. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and I haven't heard back. Uh, but welcome, you know, I, welcome to Club Dick. <laughs> I can't keep, I can't keep, you know, running my business that way for the rest of my life. <laughs> John, for a really dude, for a long time, and <clears throat> I, I, I just want to stipulate, I'm uh-huh. very grateful that people have any interest in anything that I do. Having yes. said that, yes. um, <clears throat> I've gotten a lot of speaking offers that basically come down to like, <clears throat> like we'll fly you out here because we only need a 20 minute talk. So we're going to, we, you know, we need a 20 minute talk. You come in out here and speak at the Fred X in, uh, out here in Poughkeepsie. And as you know, the Fred conference is very popular. So the Fred X thing is a growing franchise. That's a lot of exposure. A lot of, well, yep. <laughs> you get the, the ass polyp community uh, benefit, but uh-huh. you, but I mean, and they'll say like, you know, and, and I'll say, well, okay. I finally got to a point where I would, I got a little more okay with saying, well, New projects that evolve out of town, out of uh, Bay Area travel, start at this amount. Is that in your budget? In your ballpark? Let's talk. And they're, they're, they're if they had more monocles, they would fall out of their eye. Like <laughs> the Ponsnays are, are they're all shattering. Have you not heard of Fred X? Have you not heard of Rent? You know, like the thing is, you want a twenty minute talk, but for me to go there and do that is three days of my time. I'm not exaggerating because I have to fly there. I have to be there for a day. Doesn't matter if you want twenty minutes, forty minutes, or nine hours. That's still a day, and then I got to come home and stuff like that. And uh, and I I finally stopped driving myself crazy with that. If my grandfather is any indication, you don't have to go home. (laughs) What you take a business trip and then you just don't come back? Just keep going. Is that right? You go out for cigarettes and you just keep down. going. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. But I, uh, at certain points when I had a little extra minute or two and felt like provoking uh, the person, which I almost always do, yes, I would say, right. well, well uh, give, me a, give me a quick estimate on, um, on uh, would you be able to uh, fly out here for 20 minutes? You go ahead and buy the air, airline ticket 
and we'll see based on ticket sales uh, for your 20 minute talk, like how it turns out, because uh, it's great exposure. And I think <laughs> that's basically what these people are saying to you. Yeah. If work is valuable, I've had this happen also when stuff that I've done has appeared in different places. I'm not calling it stealing, but when stuff that I've done has appeared in different places, whether it's on a t-shirt or in a book or whatever, or on somebody's RSS feed. And my feeling is like, uh, you know, if you're just going to steal it, like steal it, but don't expect me to be like on your side about it. And don't expect me to promote the thing that you took. Like, I'll be fine. I got plenty of more ideas. I'm not worried about that. The part that galls me is the part where like, they want me to now promote the thing that they are not really paying me for. So what is I'm trying to say you is, never retweet my Tumblr. I should, you know what I should do? I, I should Facebook your MySpace a lot more often. All, all I'm trying to say is if, it, if something's worth money or something, if something is valuable, it's worth, even if it's not worth paying for, it's definitely worth negotiating. And yeah. it, it shows a ridiculous, I'm sorry to have gone through all that to get to this one very simple point, but it shows extremely bad faith to be an adult who talks to another and another adult as though they don't work for a living. It's really, yeah. it's really disrespectful, and anyone who does that should be punched in the nose because it's a yeah. really crummy thing to do. And then to frame it in a way where now, like, you're the asshole because you don't want to help this up-and-coming star, you know. Well, how about this? How about you pay me, like, what people get paid to co-produce a record? You keep your points, and how about you pay me? And if there's another one of those, you like my work, I like how it turned out, how about we talk about points after that? How about uh -huh. you first pay me like a gentleman for my work? And, and maybe not even worry about the name of that person. Cause the thing is now you're basically buying stock. You're buying your time is, is basically the purchase of stock. You have bought stock in this person who contributed a hook to a song. Right. And I think you're worth more than that. Yeah, good, it well, is good exposure. <laughs> it is really good exposure. And the thing is that, um, that uh, the, the entire music business, and in fact, the entire entertainment business, is predicated on the fact that 85% of the people have no self-esteem at all. Mm -hmm. And the 15% of the people who have what appears to be a self-esteem have no self-esteem either. They're just, they're, they're just bullies trying to, um, trying to, trying to manufacture a self-esteem by pushing people around. So all of us, you know, we're all just like twisting in the wind here going, eh, gee, somebody called <laughs> some, somebody returned my boop. Well, yeah, I, there's, there's certainly days where it feels like that. And, and you're sitting around, maybe some days you get five bloops and you start raising your prices. And then uh, maybe it's been a while since you got a bloop and you go, well, sure. I'll clean up after the mayor. Like, yeah. do I get a sash? Oh, five boops. Yeah. Yeah, well, <clears throat> all the things that I have agreed to do this year, all the keynote speeches, all the appearances, public appearances that I have done so far this year, and we are talking about, what is it now? It's tax day. It's, it's April 15th. What? Let's see. What? I have been paid. Oh, don't say. I have been paid for two things. Oh, okay. I've been paid twice this year so far. And I have done 1,000 things. Right. So. Well. But then, but then everybody, you know, all the young people, they see me and they're like, oh, that guy eats gold nuggets. That guy just sits around and he just poops money. Well, you know, I, I, I have a lot to say about this that would not be interesting to our audience. But, but, but I will say this. You should have your mom. No, not in that way. But you, you should have your mom speak on your behalf. I 
hate having to try to explain to people why what I do is valuable because I think it's, uh, it's not decorous. I, I think it is, uh, I think it's ugly to sit around and, and argue with people about whether what you do is valuable. But if you have somebody like Marcia getting in front of that, I think you can get a lot accomplished. I think you tell your mom, here's what I want for a day's work. Here's so what I want I'm, for a keynote. So my mom says to me the other day, she says, <clears throat> I'm 78 and I'm caring for your daughter half the day. I don't want to be your business manager anymore. Oh, no. And I said, what? <laughs> Can you drop the kid part? <laughs> yeah. What, what, if the, what if we put the kid in a refrigerator box and give her a ball? <laughs> we, <laughs> How did she respond? She was like, no, I'm done. Oh, I'm no. Done. Find your own business manager. John, John, our audience may not know, but is it? Is it? I don't want to be too disclosing, but like, isn't that fair to say your mom's had a pretty important role in a lot? Anything that turned out well, your mom had a role in. Well, let me put it this way: for she's the last, deeply competent, John. For the last fifteen years, when an email shows up in my e- inbox, I either forwarded it to my mom or I forwarded it to Barsuk Records. <laughs> I bet that and, trend line's changed a lot in the last couple of years. Yeah, 75% of those emails from either that I sent in either direction always came back to me with a question mark <laughs> asking, what do you want me to do with this? You, you didn't say anything. You just forwarded it to me with no comment. Do you really do that? Yeah. And then I have to go back and say, well, isn't it fucking obvious what I want you to do? I want you to deal with it. And then Barsuk guys are like, we're not your we're not your email dealers and my mom goes <sighs> and the things that she can the things that she can figure out she figures out <laughs> for some out, reason it sounds like you got sent home like in, like everybody they pin a note to your shirt i'm thinking it's like it's like in third grade like you came home on the bus and like you're basically taking the note off your shirt and handing it to your mom yeah 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 basically i've been doing that since the third grade <laughs> sign this i got expelled today <laughs> why i don't know read the note mom <laughs> it says right here john doesn't work well with others john didn't participate in class john was disrupted john set things on fire how how oh my god uh, so there's, there's anyway, another call what do you do well now i have to hire a business manager oh, fuck that i have to hire a business manager who is going to do my who is going to handle my business Ugh. and i got more business now than ever but and, it seems like you've got more like i don't actually talk about this do, do, do very much, but it seems like you've definitely you're, um, I don't know, uh, without talking about specific money, it seems like you've got stuff coming from different places more than other others. Like it could be like, there's the car commercial thing. There could be like, who knows you might get on a compilation here or there's this distribution thing here or a travel thing and a touring thing here. Right. Well, I mean, way different from 10 years ago. Right. So Josh, uh, <laughs> my record label boss says to me the other day, he's like, so am I right? that you want your career to be now that you are this person who does everything and is like, is like on TV and writing books and giving speeches and you're all, you're, 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 you're every kind of entertainment is that, and music is like some portion of that. Is that, am I right in that, that that is what you want your career to be? And I said, no, what I wanted was to be a rock star so that I could do all that other shit for fun. But my fucking record label didn't make it happen. Oh, so oh. now I'm out now I'm out dragging ass door to door 
selling jokes. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm guessing sharp- that was not the answer he was looking for. <laughs> now I'm out sharpening people's knives and polishing their pots, selling jokes, and giving keynote speeches. So, oh. 